0: We turn then to God's Word as we find it in the Gospel of Mark, the fourth chapter. Again, for those of you who are visiting, we are in a series uh, making our way through Mark's Gospel. We are up to Mark chapter 4, or chapter four verse 21. Mark 4, verse 21. And we'll be reading 21 through 34. And he said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And he said, the kingdom of God is is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps, he rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe at once, he puts in the sickle. Because the harvest has come. And he said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches. So that the birds of the air can make their nest in its shade. With many such parables he spoke the word to them. And they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable but privately to his own disciples. He explained everything. Let's fire the word of God. Again, let's bow in prayer.
1: Our dear Heavenly Father, your word, your breathed out word, is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. May that light guide us. May it make level paths for our feet, and may we take only ways that are firm. But how are we to know what those paths are? By those you have appointed to teach us. For how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good things, and proclaim salvation. Pastor Bob is one you have appointed to be those feet. We pray, Lord, that you will give him wisdom, discernment, and courage to proclaim the good news as you reveal to him. And open our hearts, Lord, to receive that good news. We pray that you will bless the opening of your living word to our hearts. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.
0: Well, at first glance, we may want to look at these verses and say that somehow they are disconnected from that which we had last Lord's Day evening, the parable of the sower. And yet as we continue to read, I I think it's rather apparent that Jesus has not changed the topic, that we are still on the idea of the word, and that he is still seeking to teach the disciples and those around him at this given time, the large crowd that has followed, exactly what it is that the Word does. Last week, in, when we had the parable of the sower, it was very plainly explained to us by Jesus himself. We don't have to jump through any hoops. We don't have to do any great theological work here because Jesus said the seed is the Word of God. That's what the seed is. And then he went on in that parable of the sower to tell us how the seed planted into the human heart that is receptive, that has been prepared by God's spirit, grows, develops, and produces. And that production, as we looked at last week, is not Well, I've converted 10 people, I've converted 30 people or 40. That's not what the the production of the seed is. The seed and the 30, 60, or 100 fold is obedience to that word. The seed, the word of God, grows and produces obedience to the word. Jesus now continues that theme. And we'll look at it under these three headings. First of all, the displayed word. Secondly, the fruitful word. Thirdly, the growing word. For he asked even these verses about the lamp is about that which he has just said. He has just told us in the parable of the sower that the word produces an obedience. Now, the question is, what kind of obedience does it produce? It produces obedience like a lamp that shines brightly, that is shown, that is displayed. See, if we define the lamp here, the lamp is no different than the seed. The seed was sown in order to produce. The lamp is lit in order to shine forth. The similarity is the same. He hasn't switched topics. He's using a different illustration to get at it. He's changing the picture in their minds from that of the sower of seed to a person, one of them, Because some of them may say, well, I I don't sow seed. I, I don't know what you're talking about. But every one of them understood in that day and age the context of going into a room and lighting a lamp. And how silly it would be in the darkness of that room to take a lamp and to hide it, to cover it over so that the light could not be seen. In other words, what Christ is saying is how strange it would be To be somebody who believes this word, who professes this word, but is not living out the word, is not displaying the word, but is instead keeping it under a bushel. See, if you think about the lamp as the word of God and our brother Nate, when he prayed, reminded us of those words of the psalm. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. See the theme? It's continuing. The seed is the word of God. The lamp is the word of God. And that lamp, that word that is planted within our hearts, that word that we know, that word that we confess, is a word that is to be lived out, to be evident, not limited. That's why Jesus goes on to say, nothing is hidden from it. Perhaps there are some of you who, when you read those words, are thinking, oh, the word revealed, there's going to be all sorts of secrets about me revealed. That's not the point. That's not what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about the fact that the word gets into every crevice of our life. That the word leaves none of our lives untouched. It's not like we have our religious life here and our business life here. Our religious Sunday life here. Our computer life here. Our religious life here. Our texting in a different compartment. We have our religious words here on this day in this place. But we have the workaday language out there in the world. Now, what Jesus is saying is this word makes its way into every area of our life so that there is no area of our life that is hidden from the word. God's word, as it, as it were, penetrates into every crevice of our being. But it's not only within. That word functions without as well, so that we see in every aspect of life the truth of God's word. Nothing is not sacred for us. Everything, everything is seen from the word's point of view. This is how we see life. The word helps us to see ourselves, but it also helps us to see the world. The lamp functions to light our own lives as well as the lamp functions to light the world before us. So that we can see the truth of what is happening. The truth of what is going on. What Jesus is saying is pretty plainly evident, isn't it? There is a children's song. You're going, "Uh uh-oh, he's going to do it again. Well, not if you don't join in. There's that little children's song, right? This little light of mine. What is the light? This little light I'm going to let shine. What light? What light is it that is being spoken of? Well, it comes from this text. What's the light? The word. This little light of mine I'm going to let it shine. This is what I am to live out in this world. This is what I am going to allow no bushel to cover over. This is what I'm not going to allow Satan to blow out. This little light is the light that needs to shine over the entire world. This is the word of God that needs to go out from me, from my life, From you, from your life, from the life of the people of God into this world. We are to be the ones who are the difference makers in this world and in this society. We need to stop bemoaning how bad things have gotten and start asking the question, Am I shining my light into the midst of the darkness that God has called me into? In 1 Peter chapter 2, Peter uses the picture of the fact that we as God's people are like like Moses before the face of God. And after he comes down from that mountain, we glow with the glory of God so much that Moses needed that covering over. That's us. We are the people of God who shine forth with the glory of God, with the truth of God into this world. Hide it under a bushel. No, let Satan blow that out. No, I am going to let the word, the lamp of God shine to every area of life. How does it go? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No! I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel? No. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Won't let Satan it out. I'm gonna let it shine, won't let Satan it out. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine till Jesus comes. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine till Jesus comes. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Illustration number two, the fruitful word. Notice what Jesus does here, starting in 26, 27, 28, and 29. He uses that which they visibly see, that which the farmer is engaged in. And the patient waiting. He plants. He plants the seed. He sowed the seed. But now, he must wait. Is there anything else he can do to cause that growth? No. Is there anything else he must do? Oh, yes. Yes. Oh yes, it's not that the farmer just sits back with his arms folded. He gets the cultivator out and gets rid of the weeds. He perhaps puts some good fertilizer down on the ground. If he's in a dry and arid area or a sandy soil area, he gets out the irrigation equipment and he waters. But he still sits back when he goes home at night, folds his hand, thinks about his day's work. He still Wonders, how does that seed grow? And yet it does. Day after day, he goes out, looks for the seed, and it's not there. And then one day he goes out and he can see that little bit of green coming up out of the ground. And day after day after day, it grows and develops. And how does Jesus put it here? The seed sprouts and grows. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the year, then the full grown in the year. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Now if we don't mix the metaphors, then the picture of the seed is still the word of God. So we have the sowing of the spiritual seed. The word of God. But the growth of that seed, how that seed actually begins to, to sprout and to grow and produce a harvest in the heart of one is still for us a mystery. We still don't understand how a person becomes born again. Oh, we can understand some some terminology that maybe the scripture uses, but to actually witness and see, we still step back and say we don't know how. Turn with me to First Corinthians chapter three. First Corinthians chapter three. Notice how Paul is notes this. First Corinthians chapter three. Verse 6, see in the spiritual sense, Paul says, look, I did the planting, I sowed seed, I sowed the word of God. Apollos, he watered that seed. He followed up on my work of planting, Apollos watered it. But God gives that in." Only God can take the word of God, the seed. And as it's been planted into the human heart that has been prepared by the Holy Spirit, we have to do a lot. We have to be those caretakers. We have to nurture that seed as best we can. We can't cause it to grow. We can't cause it to develop. But we can make sure that we have done our part. See, that's why a profession of faith is such an awesome time. Because we can step back and say, Wow, look what God has done. Look at this amazing thing God has done. He has taken his word, planted it in the heart of Michaela. And it grew, produced, we hear her words of testimony, we see her acts of faith, We see her reliance upon the Lord. We say, wow, Lord, that was amazing. You know what the Lord says? The Lord says, good job watering. Good job watering. Good job pulling the weeds out from around her. Good job preparing that seed to grow. You did all that is expected of you to do. i bet most of us have never thought of a profession of faith in that way. This took a lot of work. Took a lot of prayers, took a lot of classes at home, took a lot of talks at home, took a lot of discussions. Some of them weren't very easy either. Some of them were very difficult and hard. Others came along, aside, helped in that, assisted, helped pull out some weeds, did some cultivating, did some watering. But God gave the increase. See, this is our responsibility, people of God. This is what we are called to do. That's why in our form we say, hey, you have a responsibility here. When a child is baptized, you have a responsibility. You have a responsibility to nurture this child. You have a responsibility as the people of God. So that on a day like today, we can sit back and we can say, thank you, Lord. This is your work. But we might also hear the Lord say, Well done. Well done. Good and faithful little farmers. Well done. The fruitful word. Boy, that calls for a lot of patience. Turn with me to the book of James, chapter three. James chapter three, or excuse me, James chapter five. Farmers by nature have to be patient people because they can never hurry the seed. You can never hurry the harvest. That's why Jesus said, you see, at just the right time, at the time, at that moment, comes the harvest. But in the meantime, there is, there is all this waiting. There is all this need for patience. James 5:7, be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth. Being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Times we want our children to latch on to so soon and quickly. We, We want to see the evidence of that faith so soon, so quickly. We want to push. God says be patient, be patient. Do your work, be faithful in the task you have been called to. As parent, as family, as friend, as church member, as pastor, as teachers, as youth group leader, be patient. Think of the farmer waiting for the seed to grow and develop. This is how the kingdom of God works. This is how the word of God works. And then Jesus follows it up with the third of the parables. A parable that emphasizes not just the fruitfulness that comes from that which is planted, but he emphasizes the growth far beyond one's wildest imaginations. Who would think that out of this little mustard seed that Jesus speaks of would grow a plant 10 to 15 feet tall that you would literally refer to that which comes from the main stalk to be a branch, strong enough to uphold the building of a nest Productive enough to provide food for those birds that take their nest there. To look at the little seed. You'd never think it. What is the seed? The seed is the word of God. See, we never know, my friends. We never know. little statement of God's Word, what lesson was taught, what words were used, how God took a small little seed of a portion, of a sentence, of part of a sentence of His Word And plants it into the heart of a life that he has been preparing for this moment in time. And as God has prepared that heart, he plants the seed. Through you and I. And we tend that seed. We care for it. But God something amazing, with that seed, it grows. Not just a wheat, but it grows into this large plant. What I find interesting about that, I mean, that's interesting enough, okay, that that I, I think of the start as well as the finish. The start that is so small it is barely evident. And I think of the finish that is so large, so amazing. Think of all those seeds, for example, that were sown in Michaela's life over the years. All those seeds. And here we are. We're here in the testimony. We're hearing of her desire to love and to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And I wonder, why didn't Jesus stop there? Wouldn't that have carried the picture? Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants. Period. Case in point. That's it. Beautiful picture. But he's not done. For some reason, Jesus adds two things. He adds the fact that it has branches to provide nest. I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. The seed grows so much so that from the word, Christ, Jesus, come out these branches, you and I as believers in Jesus Christ, branches that extend out, branches that reach out, branches that extend as far as we possibly can extend beyond that which we would ever dream a little seed would do. Extending out and offering a place for a bird to come and build its home. Now, I read something interesting. I'd never known that about this parable before. But in Israel, there are all sorts of variety of birds that make their home in mustard plants. Not just one type of bird, all types of birds. Now, do you know why they make their homes there? Because the seed pods that the plants produce are so abundant. From the word, through us, seeds are produced for a variety of birds to be nourished and to be strengthened by. You talk about a picture of Jesus saying to his disciples, now, you go, make disciples of all nations. You go. Branch out. All sorts of people need to hear this word of God. And they need to feed upon them. where did the seeds come from? The branches. The seed that is planted in our hearts is meant to bear the fruit of the word so that others are nourished and strengthened in that same It's not for us to keep for ourselves. This is the kingdom of God. And this, my friends, is what has happened to you. It's what's happened to me. It's what's continuing to take place in our lives. The word of God is continuing to bear fruit. Because there are other Michaelas to come to know the glorious truth of Jesus Christ. And God's people say, Father, we do thank you for these are truly amazing messages. Lord, it speaks about not only your sovereign work. It speaks not only of your sovereign decrees and of your sovereign love and of your sovereign grace. It speaks to us not only of the glorious truth of Jesus Christ. It also speaks to us that you desire for us, for us. Work with you. Not that you're dependent upon us, but you invite us. Thank you. It is indeed humbling. It's humbling to know that you have given to us your living word. It's humbling. To see that seed planted in our lives. Tonight we, we have the, the visible evidence of that in Michaela. But Father, the truth is, each one of us as a believer is that visible evidence. Each one of us is called to go and to shine. To bear fruit. That coworker needs a nest. We need to be the branch. That student in class next to us needs a nest. We need to be the branch. That person in line at Myers needs a nest. We need to be the branch. And throughout our lives in our own homes, in our communities, our workplaces. You call us to branch out the message, the gospel of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray and God's people say, Amen.